Hello and welcome to Generation Mix, episode 9. This is the podcast where a father and a son review the CDs that the dad has been making for the son for the last four years or so. I am the dad, I'm Neil. I'm the son, I'm Joel. And if you thought that we were going to be listening to the music of Meatloaf this week, you'd be mostly right, but also quite wrong, because what we're actually going to be listening to is the music of Jim Steinman, as performed by Meatloaf and several others. So Jim Steinman himself is an artist. We haven't got any of his own performances on here, but we are going to be listening to a whole range of songs from his 40-plus year career. So let's dive straight in with our first track, and it's Dead Ringer for Love. Dead Ringer for Love from Meatloaf's second album, which was entirely written by Jim Steinman, which was called Dead Ringer. What do you think of it? Uh, it's okay. It's okay. Kind of I love the duet in that between him and an uncredited Cher. Now Cher is a is a very successful artist. She's still going, but she she's had a huge amount of hits over well over fifty years. Um, and she was uncredited on this, but I she delivers some amazing lines and, and the interplay with them in the middle section where he's saying, you've got the kind of lips that do more than drink. And her response is, you've got the kind of mind that does less than think. I just think that's absolutely <laughs> fantastic lyrics. I mean, the lyrics in it are brilliant and show off why Jim Steinman is, is actually such a good lyricist. Uh, yeah, I still think it's meh. No haters. No haters, anybody. Oh, I don't think there'll be any haters. This was the first Meatloaf track I was ever aware of. I remember it being a hit in the charts in 1981. Well, it's probably one of the ones I don't know. Probably. Well, the next track I know much better. This got to number one, and we're going to move away from Meatloaf and into the realm of Bonnie Tyler. Yeah, and I like this one. I do know you like this one, which is totally clips of the heart. Clips of the 
only love in the dark Nothing I can say A total eclipse of the heart I like this one. Yeah. So this is from the album Faster Than The Speed Of Night, which contained a number of Jim Steinman contributions. And this is, well, it's a great track, actually. It's, it's creepy. It's got well, a really creepy video with the white eyes and stuff. Turn around, bright eyes. Yeah. Um, well, I don't love the song, but I really enjoy singing it. Like, mm. it's one of the songs I can sing okay and like and I like there's a lot of songs it. you can sing okay actually John it's a song I really enjoy singing it feels smooth the next track takes us into probably Meatloaf's greatest work and also Jim Steinman's greatest work and it's from Bat Out of Hell which was an absolutely mm-hmm. massive album yeah I know that one it sold bucket loads it was in the UK charts for six years, I think. Six years! O- over 300 weeks. And it then returned to those uh, those charts when Bat Out of Hell 2 was released. It got back into the charts again. And it returns periodically every now and then. It's an album that a friend of mine has owned at least three copies of because he's worn out two vinyl copies of it. He's played it that much. And the track we're going for at the moment is probably my favourite from that album and it's Paradise by the Dashboard Paradise by the Dashboard Light is effectively a sweet song. There are four parts to this song. There's the opening um, story of a boy and a girl on prom night heading down to the lake where he's hoping to get a bit jiggy. No! There's then the middle section where there's the baseball commentary taking place, talking about this player trying to get to uh, home base, which is a a metaphor for trying to get jiggy. And then it goes into this section where the vocalist, Ellen Foley, sings back to the teenage boy with too many hormones, do you love me? Because I'm not going to go any further unless I know that you love me and that you're going to stay with me, which is morally positive, if nothing else. And then the final section of the song, after he's promised that, yes, he will love her to the end of time, is where their relationship has gone horribly wrong, but he won't break his vow, 
And so he's now he's praying for the end of time to come so that their relationship could finally end. So this is a four stage song. It's so complex when you kind of break it down. What? The music part of it sounds a bit like ABBA from the first bit you should have heard. On the piano. Oh, okay. Um, my, my. Okay, I see, I see. I see what you mean. This did come after ABBA. Okay. So it's not entirely impossible that Jim Steinman was influenced by ABBA. Okay. On the piano parts. Uh, do you like the song though? Yeah, it's okay. It's really, okay. I don't, yeah, I like My it. My favourite Jim Steinman slash Meatloaf track, and it's okay. Yeah. Oh. <sighs> I don't know the rest of it that well. I know the first part. You've heard it plenty of times, because I've played it a lot of times, and you've been in the room. In 1991, Meatloaf's career was not doing great. He'd lost his record deal. But he got another one when he and Jim Steinman laid aside their differences, and they created Bat Out of Hell 2, Back Into Hell. And this is a track from that album, and it's Rock and Roll Dreams Come I would kind of agree, actually. Jim Steinman wrote this and recorded it himself on an album called Back For Good in 1983. And I have to say, Meatloaf's version is better. And the song is probably a highlight of Back... Um, the song is probably a highlight of Bad Out Of Hell 2. But it's nothing... It's not a patch on the original Bad Out Of Hell album. Even though Bad Out Of Hell 2 isn't a bad album it just doesn't have the the same vim the same. and vigor I mean, it was a hit it got to number one which is something which is better than the original bat out of hell did end of the 90s jim steinman and meatloaf's working relationship had probably deteriorated again and they were no longer working exclusively he was recording the occasional jim steinman track which is again the truth when he got to Bat Out of Hell 3. What? Oh, yeah. But How many Bat Out of Hell's are there? Three. Bat Out of Hell 3 is not exclusively Meatloaf and Steinman. There are some Steinman tracks on there, and we will touch on one of those a bit later on. So he joined with Andrew Lloyd Webber to create a musical called Whistle Down the Wind. And we picked a track from that now, which was specifically chosen for you, Joel, and it's when children rule the world when children rule the world tonight when children rule the world this could be the night the night when children rule 
Yeah, there's one thing that bugs me about it's Chuck fun. on here is that there's a load of dialogue at the end of it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That's just yeah. because I don't know this track particularly well, but he did, and that's why I wanted to put it on there. We return to the Dead Ringer album for a track called Read Them and Weep. Freedom and Weep from Dead Ringer. Um, yeah, I find it a bit boring. There isn't a huge amount to say about it. It was, it's a good track, but it's not a great track. And I couldn't just put everything from Bad Out of Hell on here. That would have just basically meant I'd have given you the album Bad Out of Hell. <laughs> yeah. And if I had done that, then we'd have missed out on absolute corking tracks like this next one. Bonnie Tyler holding out for a hero. It's from Shrek. It is in Shrek. What a what a thing to remember. I'd forgotten about that. I, to be honest, I like the first French Shrek movie. I just have bad memories of it. Everyone, everyone thinks changed. I hate I thought, it. Yeah, I thought you hated it. No, I just have bad memories of it. I, I watched it with school in year six and I thought it was actually an okay movie. Oh, all right. It was an okay movie to start out at DreamWorks, even if the sequels suck. So you've mentioned it's in a film and you like a movie that it happens to be in. Do you actually like the song? Yeah. Well, what's remarkable is that we're already halfway through the tracks that are on this CD. This Whoa. has only got 14 tracks on it because one thing about Meatloaf and Jim Steinman is that long tracks are a given and there are plenty of those. The next track returns us to Bad Out of Hell. Rather remarkable. It's only our second pick from that album. And it was a hit single. It's You Took the Words Right Out of My Mouth. You took the words right out of my mouth. And then you took the words right out of my mouth. One oh, must have been while you were kissing me. You took the words right out of my mouth. Oh, and I swear it's true. I was just about to say. Hey! 
the version I used there misses out the opening narration about the wolf with the red roses. It goes straight into the song. Do you like it? Yeah. So far, I think. I think you really. It must have been while you were kissing me. I think you'd really like Ban Out of Hell as an album if you listen to the whole thing. And I'm, you probably have heard it at least once or twice because I play it fairly often. It is one of my favourite albums of all time. So yeah, that was You Took the Words Right Out of My Mouth, brackets, Hot Summer Night. Our next track returns to Whistle Down the Wind. And this was a number one hit single for Boyzone. And it's the excellent ballad, No Matter What. What you believe is true. And I will keep you safe and strong. don't really know. I'd have to listen to it more to really understand it. Well, there's not exactly a lot to understand. Whatever. Wait. It's a fairly simple pop song. It probably has its place in the musical and means a lot at that point, but as a standalone single, it's a, it's a top ballad, actually, and it's really well done by them. On um, his greatest hits, which was a double CD of Meatloaf, he recorded a version of No Matter What, and it kicks off with the thing... A, a little piece called Ought to be home by now And then it segues straight into no matter what And I can honestly say As much as I love Meatloaf Boyzone's version's better I massively prefer the Boyzone single version And that feels like a slight anathema to me That I'd pick a boy band over a rock singer <laughs> Well, what can you say? We're returning for the third and final time To Bonnie Tyler We've got to get things moving quickly So let's get faster than the speed of the night Honestly, they're the best bit. No, they're the worst bit. George McClane's is the best bit. No, 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 my puns are the best bit. No, puns... Puns... Do oh, not hurt cringe. the soul. Puns hurt the soul. No, they don't, otherwise you wouldn't I, really... Every time to... I hear a pun, 
my... Um, in that case, I will take away all of your asterisks. I said hear, not bull. read. I puns. said hear, not read. Every time I hear a pun, my IQ drops by two. It goes up. Puns are intelligence. Anyway. Puns are pain. Title track of the album of Faster Than the Speed of Night. This and Total Eclipse of the Heart have tempted me into buying a vinyl copy of this a few times. I've never quite tipped over. What do you think of Faster Than the Speed of Night? Mm, it's okay. It takes a long time to get to the course. Well, it is a Jim Steinman song. Well, okay. He, he doesn't zip into his choruses. You might have noticed it's usually two minutes at least before a chorus or anything approaching a chorus comes along. And even then, it doesn't ever sound quite like a regular chorus. We return to Bad Out of Hell for our next track. So far, you've liked Paradise by the Dashboard Light. You have liked a lot. You took the words right out of my mouth. Uh, this is the third one. I'm hoping you like this, because otherwise, it's only going to be two out of three. boring and your puns stink <laughs> I knew it was coming as so well hang, hang on are you actually saying you don't particularly like that song no so so far we've had three tracks and literally two out of three that ain't bad <laughs> stop it I might end this I might stop doing this podcast just because you do those no that would be mean <laughs> so it's stop you doing puns every five seconds puns alike Puns hurt! We now come to the best-selling single of 1991. It got to number one. It fully confirmed Meatloaf's return to pop star status. The lead track from Bad Out of Hell 2. And it's I'd Do Anything for Love. But I would I did good track. I know it from We Sing. It's it's a great great track. There's this is the single edit. I mean the original version I think is nearly eleven minutes long. This is the standout track from Bad Out of Hell Two, but it's not representative of the album. The album's a bit bloated, overblown, bombastic where it didn't need to be, but it does contain this absolutely cracking single and this. The female vocal this time was done by a woman called Mrs. Loud. Now the next track Meatloaf has recorded on Bat Out of Hell 3 and when I heard it I hated his version and it's partly because I think 
the version we're about to hear got so ingrained in me and I really love it despite the fact that it's by an artist who I don't particularly care for I'm trying to remember what it's about but oh yeah it's all coming back to me but you were history with the slamming of the door and I made myself so strong again somehow and I never Again, I'm really pleased with myself. <laughs> no, they're awful. You didn't know it was coming, though. Um, so they're still <laughs> awful. That was Celine Dion's version of It's All Coming Back to Me. I did have a friend who used to complain that they couldn't stand her version because they were used to a version from a band called Pandora's Box. I like Celine Dion's version of this. I think it's possibly her best ever vocal. It's a real mini rock opera kind of song. I don't know her. Well, I wouldn't be doing you a daddy's introduction to Celine Dion, although she's got enough material to warrant it. You... I don't know any of her songs. There's no reason why you would. They were very much mid-90s, balladier. And okay. Apart from that, that just stands out as the gem of her career for me. Did you like the song, though? Mm, it was okay. We now reach our final track. Yes. Why are you saying yes? Have you not enjoyed this? No, I like this song. Oh. <laughs> okay, fair enough. Our final track, it was what heralded the arrival of Meatloaf and Jim Steinman on the world stage. It can only be the title track of Bat Out of Hell. Like a bat out of hell, I've gone when the morning so we gotta make the most of our one night together When it's over, you know, we'll both be so alone Like a bat out of hell, I'll be gone when the morning comes Oh, when the night is over, like a bat out of hell, I'll be gone, gone, gone Like a bat out of hell, I'll be gone when the morning comes So, uh, you've already said you like this one. Yeah. Is it your favourite on the whole lot? No. So what's your favourite track? Um, probably Total Eclipse of the Heart. Oh, okay. That's I think nice. mine remains, well, I said it before, I think it remains Paradise by the Dashboard Light. I think the story on it is peerless. So that was our introduction to Jim Steinman. I'd be interested to know what people out there think we may have missed off. Is there any particular favourite you didn't 
get to hear a clip of that you think we should have included? If so, let us know on our Facebook page. But before we completely finish, there is some unfinished business to attend to, and that is... Joel's Revenge! It's my turn! Well, it's not been a bad playthrough so far, is it? So, uh, Revenge, maybe you'd maybe be nice to me. I don't know. I don't think you'd like it. This time, I picked a non-Alan Walker song. Well, after the last one was a bit of a flop, I'm quite glad to hear that. Well, it's Calvin Harris and the Disciples. How deep is your love? How deep is your love? Is it like the ocean? What devotion are you? How deep is your love? Is it like Nirvana? Hit me harder again. How deep is your love? How deep is your love? Calvin Harris and the Disciples, How Deep Is Your Love? What did you think of it? You know when you're hoping for something, like at Christmas, yeah. and you don't get what you were hoping for? Yeah. You get a certain level of disappointment? Yeah. I was hoping for a cover version of the Bee Gees, How Deep Is Your Love. I didn't get a cover version of one of my... Fa well, my favourite Bee Gees track. I got that. Why? Why did you like it? I didn't dislike it, actually, Joel. You said it was shallow. I didn't say it was shallow. I thought you said it was shallow halfway through. No, shallow is a completely different song. In the shallow, shallow. No, I didn't. I didn't hate it, but it just sounds very, very similar to everything else that's kind of in that electronic vein. I quite like the occasional song by Calvin Harris. Um, Acceptable in the eighties is a really, really good song. So it's not like I'm ignorant of his work, but I that, don't really that know for me, it, it was just, Joel, it was meh for okay. me. What well, wasn't a massive level of revenge, it's kind of in the middling area. Just like this whole D.I.T. You, I thought you Nah, it was, a, it, was a, it was an okay D.I.T. It was a good okay. D.I.T. I, I think the compilation is actually rather, is, is I'm really proud of that one actually I really enjoyed it mm. and it and it boggles my mind actually that there haven't been a formal Jim Steinman compilation out there I don't think that's ever been made so what I did there was fairly unique you will not get a Jim Steinman compilation CD in the shops or online to my knowledge mm. okay so that was episode 9 hope you've enjoyed this one the next one is due out in 2021. We're hoping 2021 will be a better year than 2020. Yes. <laughs> Joel is really not looking forward to this episode. In fact, it might drive him a little insane. No! No puns! Listen out for our musical clue. And hopefully we'll see you in January. So until then, this is Generation Mix signing off. Bye. Bye. Thank you.